Hi listeners, this is David. Welcome to episode 8 of Upper Journey Bible Study, where we study the Bible and theology. This episode focuses on learning the four Gospels in order, and some of their content. These are the first four books of the 27 books of the New Testament. The New Testament books can be grouped as follows, Gospels, History, Epistles, and prophecy. There are four Gospels. The one history book is the book of Acts. There are 21 epistles, of which 13 are epistles of Paul, and eight are general epistles. Of Paul's 13 epistles, nine are addressed to a geographical location, and four are addressed to individuals. The one prophecy book is the book of Revelation. I will use the World English Bible for this episode because the World English Bible is in the public domain. Let's get started. The New Testament starts off with four gospel books written in this order, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I want to make clear that the word gospel has different meanings in different contexts. There is only one gospel or good news message about Jesus. But when I'm using the word gospel here, I'm referring to it as a genre of literature uh, uh, in regards to these first four books of the New Testament. Generally, gospel means good news. These four gospels tell us about the life and teaching of Jesus Christ. When the word gospel is used in reference to these four books, it refers to a book that includes the historical accounts of what Jesus said and did during his life on earth that are geared to the needs of the early church. The Gospels are addressed to different audiences, and each emphasizes aspects of Jesus' teaching and ministry geared to reach these various audiences. Towards the end of these four Gospels is the account of Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead on the third day. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the Synoptic Gospels because these three Gospels are similar in presenting Jesus' teaching, acts, and miracles. The Gospel of John is unique among the Gospels. In the Synoptic Gospels, for example, the focus on miracles is showing God's power and compassion. In John's Gospel, miracles emphasize the miracles as signs. For example, in John, Jesus healing the blind man is also a symbol or sign of the problem of spiritual blindness. Jesus feeding the multitude points to Jesus as the bread of life and the source of eternal life. Also, John is especially written to encourage people to believe that Jesus is the Christ and believing that they may have eternal life through Jesus. The four Gospels and Acts covers most of the pages of the New Testament because the epistles are shorter books. Let us take a short look at the background to the New Testament. God created a good world and created man and woman in his image. God created the first man and named him Adam. God then made the first woman from a rib of Adam and built Eve into a woman. Her name was Eve. God gave Eve as a wife to Adam. All humans are descendants of Adam and Eve. God gave Adam and Eve 
free will. They disobeyed God and brought sin into the world, and their sin brought God's judgment. Sin was brought into the world through Adam's sin, and death passes to all people because all have sinned. The exception was Jesus Christ, who, although tempted in every way we are, never sinned. Adam and Eve's sin in the Garden of Eden is called the fall of man. However, since the fall, God has been at work to make it possible for humans to be restored to a right relationship with God, so those who accept God's way can experience eternal life. The world became populated through Adam and Eve's descendants, but the world turned away from worshiping and serving the one true God. God decided to destroy the world with a flood, but saved Noah and his family to repopulate the earth. God saved Noah and his family from the flood by instructing Noah to build a large ship called an ark. After God's judge the world in Noah's day with a flood, the world became repopulated again through the eight survivors of the flood. These eight people were Noah, Noah's wife, and their three sons and their wives. When the world population grew, many departed from God and worshipped false gods. God called Abraham to follow him. Abram's descendants led to the people of Israel, whom God delivered from slavery in Egypt to be his people. Israel was to be a model and witness to the rest of the world of how God wanted all people to believe and live. They often fell short of this task. While God was the official king of Israel, the people of Israel wanted an earthly king to keep them safe. However, most of these kings were bad kings who did not follow God. One of the good kings, but with faults, was King David. In the Old Testament, God promised a future king of Israel who would be a descendant of David, who would reign in righteousness. The northern kingdom, called Israel, fell to the Assyrians because of the sinfulness of the nation of Israel. Likewise, the southern kingdom, called Judah, fell to the Babylonians because of Judah's sinfulness. Kings became kings when they were anointed with oil by a prophet. The word for anointing is related to the word Messiah. The word Christ comes from the Greek word for anointed one. There was an anticipation of a future king anointed by God to rule over God's people and free them from their oppressors. The northern kingdom of Israel fell to the Assyrians in about 722 or 721 BC. The Assyrians later fell to the Babylonians. Judah also fell to the Babylonians in about 586 BC. The Babylonians later, later fell to the Medes and Persians. Then the Medes and Persians fell to the Greeks. The Greeks later were replaced by Rome as the world power. About 400 years after the last Old Testament book uh, of Malachi, Rome was the world power. The people of Judah and Israel held on to the hope of a coming Messiah king who would deliver them from their enemy, Rome. It is in this context that God sent his son Jesus to earth as the promised Messiah. 
Jesus taught he came not to do his own will, but the will of the one who sent him, namely, God the Father. Jesus understood the mission that God the Father gave him. The mission was to come to earth, live a godly, sin-free life, and die on the cross for the sins of the world, and that God would raise Jesus from the dead on the third day. Jesus knew that the mission that God the Father was sending him on would be one of humility, servanthood, suffering, and ridicule. God the Father would be glorified in Jesus' humility and obedience to death on the cross, rather than Jesus having the glory of a political leader that would free Israel and Judah from Roman oppression. First, let us look at some of the things common to all the Gospels, especially the Synoptic Gospels, then look at the unique features of these four Gospels. The basic historical picture we get from looking at the four Gospels is the following. God sent Jesus to be born to a young Virgin Mary who was engaged but not yet married. She became pregnant while still a virgin before she married her fiancé, Joseph. Isaiah, about 700 years before this, prophesied of the virgin birth in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. God's power miraculously made this happen. Jesus was a descendant of King David and was born in Bethlehem, just as the Old Testament prophesied would happen regarding the coming Messiah. Compare Matthew chapter 2, verse 6, which says Jesus was born in Bethlehem, and compare it to Micah 5.2, which prophesies that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Jesus came working miracles, just like the Old Testament prophesied the Messiah would. Jesus healed the blind and the lame and the deaf. Luke chapter 7, verses 21 to 23. Compare that with Isaiah chapter 35, verses 5 through 6. Jesus was also a prophet like unto Moses, as Moses had prophesied in Deuteronomy chapter 18, uh, verse 18. The Old Testament also prophesied of a suffering servant of God who would suffer to heal the sins of others, Isaiah chapter 53. Jesus understood correctly that this was also a messianic prophecy, that the Messiah would come and suffer and die for the sins of the world. Jesus' ministry covered a span of two or three years and began when he was 30 years old. Jesus was not only a miracle worker, but primarily a teacher and preacher. Jesus taught a religion of the heart and not just outward behavior. This is consistent with the Old Testament teaching that we are to love God with all our heart, mind, and strength. First, let us look at the book of Matthew. Matthew is 28 chapters long. It takes me a little over two hours to read Matthew in one setting. Matthew was one of the 12 apostles of Jesus Christ. Before Jesus called Matthew to follow him, Matthew was a tax collector for the Roman government. Tax collectors were looked down upon by the Jews because these Jewish tax collectors worked for the Roman government and were able to make lots of money for their tax collecting at the expense of the Jews who had to pay those taxes. Matthew gave that up to follow Jesus. Matthew believed Jesus was the Messiah that God had promised 
to the Jewish people as a king who would sit on the throne of David. Messiah means anointed one. The Greek equivalent of Messiah was Christ. Matthew and the other disciples of Jesus hoped that Jesus as Messiah would set up an earthly kingdom on earth in that day and overthrow the Roman government, which the Jews saw as oppressors. However, Jesus had another perspective. Jesus viewed himself as being sent by God to be a suffering servant who would die on the cross for our sins and that God would raise Jesus from the dead on the third day. Matthew wrote his gospel especially to reach a Jewish audience to show that Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament scriptures regarding the Messiah. In Matthew chapter 1, Matthew shows that Jesus was a descendant of King David. This was, this was important because the Old Testament taught that the coming Messiah King would be a descendant of King David. Regarding Jesus' birth, Matthew teaches how Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary in fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, which foretells the birth of a child to a virgin, and that child would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Matthew also showed that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, just as Micah the prophet had prophesied that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Matthew also points out other ways in which Jesus fulfilled Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah. God sent the prophet John the Baptist to prepare the way for Jesus' ministry. John the Baptist preached in the wilderness that the kingdom of heaven was near, and also near was God's imminent coming judgment. He warned the people to repent. To repent means to turn from committing sin to obeying God. John baptized people with water in the Jordan River and demanded they bring forth fruit worthy of repentance. By fruit, John meant a changed life, evidencing righteousness. John baptized people who confessed their sins to God. John the baptizer revealed that his ministry was to prepare the way of the Lord as Isaiah the prophet had prophesied. While John baptized with water, he was preparing the people for the coming of the one who would baptize with the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Jesus came to John to be baptized by John in the Jordan River to fulfill all righteousness. After John baptized Jesus, the heavens were opened, and Jesus saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove upon Jesus. Then a voice came from heaven that said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Next, Matthew tells us of Jesus fasting forty days and forty nights in the wilderness, and that Jesus became very hungry. At this point, the devil came to tempt Jesus to disobey God. First, Jesus was tempted to turn stones into bread, but Jesus quoted the book of Deuteronomy that says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from God's mouth. Next, the devil tempted Jesus to jump from the pinnacle of the temple and trust God to save him from the fall. Jesus responded with the Old Testament scripture verse that says, you shall not test the Lord your God. Then the devil showed Jesus the glory of all the kingdoms of the world and promised this to Jesus, if Jesus would worship the devil. Jesus told Satan to leave him because God's word says, you shall worship the Lord your God 
and serve only him. Then the devil left Jesus alone for a while. Jesus learned that John the Baptist, or baptizer, had been thrown into prison. Then Jesus began to preach in Galilee a similar message as John the baptizer preached. Jesus preached, telling the people to repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus then called Peter, Andrew, James, and John, who were fishermen, to follow him. Jesus told them that he would make them fishers for men. Jesus then went went through Galilee teaching in the synagogues, which were Jewish houses of worship. Jesus preached the good news of the kingdom, healing people of sickness, disease, and casting out demons. He also healed those with epilepsy and those paralyzed. Matthew chapters 5-7 through contains the Sermon on the Mount. In this sermon, Jesus taught the characteristics of God's blessed people, such as them being humble, sorry for their sins, people who were hungry to live for God and were forgiving others and who had a clean and pure heart. Jesus said God's people are the light of the world. Jesus made clear he did not come to destroy God's law, but to fulfill it. Jesus taught that God is not satisfied with outward signs of worship that draws attention to ourselves rather than to God. Jesus also taught that obedience to God is not just in our outward behavior, but in the attitude and will of the human heart. Jesus taught that one should seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. Jesus viewed himself as the Son of Man. Jesus said, as the Son of Man, he had authority from God to forgive sins. Jesus forgave a paralyzed man of his sins and then healed him from his paralysis, and the man who had been lame was able to walk. Jesus also sometimes healed on the Sabbath day and let his disciples eat from grain-filled grains they plucked as they were going through the grain fields. Now, this wasn't unlawful because it was allowed underneath the Jewish law to do that, but uh, the protest was that he they were doing this on the Sabbath day. Jesus indicated that as the Son of Man, that he was Lord even of the Sabbath. This is one of the reasons the religious leaders called Pharisees did not like Jesus. Jesus also taught in parables that illustrated matters about the kingdom of God. For example, that at the end of the age, the Son of Man, that is Jesus, will send out his angels to gather out of his kingdom those who practice iniquity, and they will be cast into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus taught that the purity God wants was a purity of the heart. The heart refers to the location of our thoughts and desires, so God wants our thoughts and desires to be pure and clean. Jesus taught that as the Son of Man that he came to save those who are lost. Jesus taught that God will not forgive those who do not forgive others. Jesus, even before his death, told his disciples that he, as the Son of Man, would be delivered to the chief priest and to the scribes and he would be scourged and crucified to death, and that he would rise from the dead on the third day. Jesus was crucified on a Friday and on the Sunday. Before that, Jesus entered Jerusalem as the king of the Jews on a donkey in fulfillment of the prophecy of the prophet Zechariah. Before his death on the cross, Jesus prophesied of the destruction of the temple 
and that the good news of the kingdom would be preached as a testimony to all the nations, and then the world would, uh, the end would come. Jesus foretold a time of great tribulation on the earth. Immediately after the suffering of those days, the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and the earth will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. Jesus taught that there would be there will be eternal punishment for those who are not righteous and eternal life for the righteous. On the night before Jesus was crucified, Jesus celebrated the Passover with his disciples. He told them that the bread represented his body and the wine represented his blood he was going to shed for the remission of sins. Jesus was arrested that night by a, a group sent by the chief priests and elders. They brought Jesus to Caiaphas, the high priest, to the scribes and to the elders. They asked Jesus if he was the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus responded that he was, and that they would see the Son of Man sitting at God's right hand and coming on the clouds of the sky. Then the high priest said this was blasphemy, and they condemned Jesus to death. They brought Jesus to the Romans, requesting that the Romans crucify Jesus. Jesus was crucified, and three days later, God raised Jesus from the dead, just as Jesus had foretold. Jesus, Jesus met with his disciples and gave them the Great Commission, in which Jesus stated the following, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I commanded you, Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. World English Bible, Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. After Matthew is the book of Mark. Mark focuses less on Jesus' teaching and more on what Jesus did in his ministry. There is a great deal of overlap between the Gospels, especially between Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Mark was a disciple of Jesus, but was not one of the twelve apostles. Mark learned about the acts of Jesus during his ministry from the preaching of the apostle Peter. Mark is 16 chapters long. Mark's gospel begins with the ministry of John the baptizer, who prepared the way for Jesus. Mark then notes that after John baptized Jesus, that Jesus was tempted 40 days by Satan. From Mark, we see that it was throughout the 40 days that Jesus was tempted. Mark indicates that Jesus' ministry included preaching that God's kingdom was at hand and that people needed to repent and believe the good news. Jesus taught in the synagogues. A synagogue is where Jewish people gathered to study the Bible and pray. One day, Jesus and his disciples were crossing the Sea of Galilee, and a great storm came and the ship was in danger of sinking. Jesus' disciples came to him in the boat and woke Jesus up and said to him, Do you not care that we are dying? Jesus told the wind, Peace be still. The wind and the sea immediately obeyed Jesus. This showed Jesus' power over nature. It also shows his deity. One day, a 12-year-old girl died, and Jesus raised her from the dead. On another occasion, while a large crowd was gathered to hear Jesus teach, they got hungry. Jesus miraculously turned 
five loaves of bread and two fish into enough food to feed 5,000 men plus women and children, and there was still food left over. One day Jesus asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? His disciples told Jesus that some thought he was John the baptizer, and others that he was Elijah, and others one of the other prophets. He asked his disciples, Who do you say that I am? One of his disciples said, You are the Christ. Christ means Messiah. So he was telling them, You're the Messiah. He told them to tell no one this. He told them that the Son of Man had to suffer many things and be rejected by the chief priests, the elders, and the scribes, and be killed and be raised from the dead on the third day. Jesus then taught that those who want to be his disciples and follow Jesus must be willing to take up their cross and follow Jesus. Jesus said that those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for Jesus' sake and for the sake of the good news will save their life. Jesus said, What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his life? Jesus said that those who are ashamed of Jesus and of his words in this adulterous and sinful generation, that the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Mark chapter 8, verses 27 to 38 is where you'll find this discussion. On another occasion, Jesus went with three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John, to a high mountain. Jesus was changed into another form. His clothing was glistening and became exceedingly white like snow. Elijah and Moses appeared with Jesus. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Then all of a sudden, the disciples no longer saw Elijah and Moses, but only Jesus standing. Jesus told these three disciples, Peter, James, and John, to tell no one of this until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. See Mark chapter 9, verses 1 through 9. In Mark chapter 9, we see that Jesus began to tell his disciples that the Son of Man would be handed over to men to be killed and be raised again on the third day. The disciples did not understand what he was talking about and were afraid to ask Jesus what this meant. On another occasion, Jesus healed a blind man of his blindness. As Jesus had prophesied, he was arrested and was crucified on a cross, and God raised him from the dead on the third day. When Jesus died on the cross, the veil of the temple was torn from the top to the bottom, showing that his death made it possible for us to approach God. When a Roman soldier saw how Jesus died, the Roman soldier said, Truly, this was the Son of God. Mark chapter 15, verse 39. On the third day after Jesus died, women came to the tomb and saw that the stone of the tomb had been rolled away. They saw an angel who told them not to be afraid that Jesus was not there because he had risen from the dead. After Matthew and Mark is the book of Luke. Luke is the third synoptic gospel with similarities to Matthew and Mark. Three things stand out in Luke's gospel. Luke emphasizes Jesus as the Savior of the world. Luke emphasizes being filled with the Holy Spirit. And finally, Luke emphasizes the danger of riches. 
Luke wrote the book of Luke in Acts. Luke is considered the first volume and Acts the second volume. These two volumes are separated by the Gospel of John. The first five books of the New Testament in order are Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the four Gospels, and the book of Acts is the one history book of the New Testament. Luke starts off his Gospel with a detailed account of the events surrounding Jesus' birth, with an emphasis on the work of the Holy Spirit, and he also highlights uh, accounts in which people referred to Jesus uh, Christ as our Savior. When Mary was pregnant with Jesus, she went to visit her relative Elizabeth, who was six months pregnant with John the Baptizer in her womb. John the Baptizer leaped in Elizabeth's womb when Mary came pregnant with the baby Jesus in her womb. Elizabeth knew that Mary was pregnant with the Messiah in her womb. Elizabeth acknowledged this to Mary. Mary responded in praise to God, her Savior. Unless the context suggests otherwise, usually when the term God is used in the Bible, it is referring to God the Father. So here, Mary was praising God the Father as her Savior. However, in other places in Luke, the term Savior is applied to Jesus Christ, who we know also is God. After Zacharias named his son John, as the angel had instructed him to do, Zacharias was filled with Holy Spirit and prophesied. In this prophecy, Zacharias spoke that God had raised up a horn of salvation. Horn means power. That is the power of salvation. So Judah could be could have salvation from their, from their enemies. Luke 1, uh, verses 69 to 71. Zacharias also prophesied about his son John, that John would prepare the way of the Lord to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins. Luke chapter 1, verse 77, World English Bible, the last phrase. Angels announced to shepherds that Jesus, as Christ the Lord, was born in the city of David as a Savior. Luke chapter 2, verse 11. A righteous man by the name of Simeon was in the temple and saw the baby Jesus and held Jesus in his arms and blessed God, saying, Now you are releasing your servant. Master, according to your word, in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light for revelation to the nations and the glory of your people Israel. Luke chapter 2, verses 29 to 32, World English Bible. Luke says that God's word came to John in the wilderness in fulfillment of Isaiah the prophet. Luke then quotes from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 3 to 5, in reference to John the Baptist. You can see this in Luke chapter 3, verses 4 through 6. The Hebrew text indicates in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 5, that God's glory will be revealed and all flesh will see it together. The Greek translation of the Old Testament is called the Septuagint. This passage in the Septuagint says that the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all flesh will see the salvation of God. Luke follows the Septuagint here in saying that all flesh will see God's salvation. Jesus says in Luke chapter 5, verse 32, 
I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Royal English Bible. Jesus said in Luke 9, uh, verse 56, For the Son of Man didn't come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Luke 9, 56, World English Bible. Jesus says in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. World English Bible. After Jesus' resurrection, he said, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all the nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send out the promise of my Father on you. But wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. Luke chapter 24, verses 46 to 49, World Eagling's Bible. Luke also emphasizes the role of the Holy Spirit. While Jesus is to be the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit and with fire, people who prophesy are said to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This prepares the way for Luke's second volume, the book of Acts. In Luke, in Luke being filled with the Holy Spirit is associated with prophecy. Prophecy is sharing with others a revelation given to a person by God. For example, John the baptizer was said to be filled with the Holy Spirit even in his mother's womb, Luke chapter 1, verse 15. That means he prophesied while still in his mother's womb. When Mary was pregnant with Jesus and she came to Elizabeth, who was six months pregnant with her baby John, John leaped in Elizabeth's womb when Mary came bearing the coming Messiah in her womb. Elizabeth, when she saw pregnant Mary, felt John leap in her womb and was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth called Mary blessed and the fruit of her womb blessed. This was a prophecy. In Luke chapter 1, verse 67, we read that Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Luke also emphasizes the danger of riches. For example, see Luke Chapter 16. After Matthew, Mark, and Luke comes the Gospel of John. John expressly states the purpose for which he wrote the Gospel of John in John chapter 20, verses 30 to 31, which says, Therefore Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. World English Bible. John talks of Jesus' miracles in terms of being signs. The miracles that John records are miracles meant to be signs of some deeper spiritual truth. For example, Jesus once prayed to God over five loaves and two fish and God turned these five loaves and two fish into enough food to feed over 5,000 people. On another day, the same people came back to Jesus for, for more food. Jesus told the people not to seek the bread that perishes. Jesus pointed to himself as the bread of life. Jesus was referring to himself as the source of spiritual life and communion with God. See John chapter 6. 
Jesus says in John 17, 1-3, that eternal life is to know God the Father and Jesus Christ whom God the Father sent. In John chapter 9, Jesus heals a blind man from his physical blindness, and this provides the context for showing that Jesus can heal us from our spiritual blindness. In John chapter 9, verses 39 to 41, we read, Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, that those who don't see may see, and that those who see may become blind. Those of the Pharisees who were with him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin, but now you say, We see, therefore your sin remains. World English Bible. John associates Jesus with different metaphors. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. World English Bible. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. World English Bible. Jesus, right before raising Lazarus from the dead, said to Lazarus' sister, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will still live, even if he dies. Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? John chapter 11, verses 25 to 26, World English Bible. In John 14, 6, Jesus said to his disciple Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, World English Bible. In John 15, Jesus refers to himself as the true vine and God the Father as the farmer. Jesus makes it possible that God the Father as the farmer gets the fruit God expects. Jesus says in John chapter 15, verses 1 through 7, I am the true vine and my Father is the farmer. Every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already pruned clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you, as the branch can't bear fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine. So neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches." He who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If a man doesn't remain in me, he is thrown out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you will ask whatever you desire, and it will be done for you. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 7, World English Bible. The relationship between God the Father and Jesus as God the Son and the role of the Holy Spirit is developed in detail in the Gospel of John. Jesus was with God the Father in the beginning, and Jesus is God, and apart from Jesus, nothing has been created that has been created. Jesus as God's Word existed and exists from eternity with God the Father. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. God the Father so loved the world that God the Father gave his only Son. 
Jesus, that whoever believes in Jesus might have eternal life. John 3.16 Jesus came not to do his own will, but the will of God the Father who sent him. John chapter 6, verse 38 Jesus said that God the Father was greater than Jesus himself. John 14, verse 28 However, God has given all judgment to the Son and wants the world to honor God the Son as they honor God the Father. John chapter 6, verses 19 to 23. Jesus says regarding the Holy Spirit, whom he calls the Counselor, in John 15, verse 26, When the Counselor has come, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. World English Bible. The Holy Spirit points beyond himself to God the Son, and God uh, the Son points beyond himself to God the Father. And of course, we believe from other scripture passages that the Holy Spirit is God as well. But there is only one God. In review, the four Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Take this, take this week to review the Old Testament books in order and learn the four Gospels in order. Next week, we will continue uh, with learning the books of the New Testament and some of their content. Thank you for joining with me and listening to this podcast. Be sure to search the Bible to evaluate all teachers, including me. Check out the website, upwardjourneybiblestudy.com, where you can learn more about this podcast and other resources for spiritual growth. Always remember to keep God first in your life. Bye for now.